Hello, everybody, and welcome to the JC and Bill Sportscast. We're, well, we're getting much closer to March Madness, and maybe the madness has already set in, JC. I would say, what, do you have $6,000 laying around to watch Coach K in his last home game? Uh, you wouldn't, you'd have to pay me more than 6000 to go see his last game. <laughs> well, I'm, well, that's what, that's what seats are going for. I'm saying that as a Maryland fan, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we won't schedule Maryland because they left the conference. Go kiss my butt. Anyway, today, today on the show. Yes. Um, we're going to get into the latest news in all of sports. Um, obviously baseball is going to be the big thing we're going to talk about this week. Um, plus some hockey, some football news and whatever other stuff that we can think of to discuss during this time that you, you, the listener have given us. Yes. So, um, but before we begin, um, on, on, on a serious note, um, Obviously, right now, uh, the world is on its head with everything going on in uh, Ukraine and uh, with Russia and all that. And we just want to say, well, first off, we just want to, you know, wish everyone, you know, safe, you know, good health over there. But number two, and I, because I, I've been thinking about this the last couple of days how I wanted to say this right in general when you listen to podcasts no matter what they are the object I have always thought of a sport or of any podcast is to take you outside of the world that you are living in for whatever the time is kind of have like your own have your own little world that you listen to and it should be fun. So ho I, I hope that JC and I have done that in the past for you guys during any difficult points in time. And I hope that we could continue to do that in a positive way because right now we're not living in a positive world right now, but sometimes you got to find the small stuff to make you happy. And I, I, I know from JC's experience that doing this gives him a lot of happiness, a lot of joy. So, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we do best is entertain you guys by talking about sports, something that we both know very much. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's like you said, we've all been glued to the to the TV and all the rest of that stuff. And, you know, it's pretty sad what's going over there. And like I said, well, well said, right. We're here to take you away from that and kind of make you happy, make you laugh, maybe make you mad at some of the stuff we say, but all in all, it's, it's well said there, Bill. I haven't had anyone yet say anything mad no. about uh, what anything we've said. So we must be doing something right. No, that's perfect. We must I like be that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's begin with 
a very interesting trade offer that just was made public a couple days ago in the NFL that involved our respective teams. Um, so, yes. um, Russell Wilson, he, you know, we don't know if he's going to stay in Seattle or not for the upcoming season. Um, however, the Washington Commanders made a kind of a hef, a pretty, a, a decent trade proposal, I guess. Um, because they don't have a quarterback. I mean, they don't have like a legit starting quarterback, even though Taylor Heineke, I think, is a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. Um, this was just done recently, and I'm, I'm trying to find any info on it, but I, I would imagine the trade would have been Russell Wilson for a bunch of draft picks. Yeah, I think it was all of, I think there was like three or four first round draft picks or whatever the limit is right. that they were willing to do. And I don't know what players were involved, but I think it was a sounding no. Seattle said we're not trading Wilson. And I think they kind of made a smart move, Seattle did. Not saying that Russell Wilson wouldn't fit here in Washington. I just think he might have a little bit more weapons over there than maybe here. Although, you know, you got... Uh, Terry McLaurin, who's a good wide receiver. Logan Thomas, who's a good tight end. Uh, you got Antonio Gibson, who is not only a, a running back, but he used to be a wide receiver in college. So, you know, he could have, if if they had gone with the trade, you know, they could have had stuff here and there, but it was not to be, as they say. Yeah, and... And Wilson still has his favorite receiver in Tyler Lockett, who's, I think those two combined are in the top, at least top three of connecting on, on low percentage passes, passes. So, you know, it's going somewhere is tough. Maybe he looked at the situation and, and I don't know if he's, what is, I know he's got a no trade for teams. So who knows where he's, uh, where he's at with that one. Maybe he said no, but he said, no, Washington's not on my list. Right. And, Honestly, I think Washington will get a quarterback in the draft. I, I really do. Um, I just don't know who it would be, though, because from the you know latest mock draft picks that have come out, there are no quarterbacks coming out in the first 10 picks. So it's going to be a little bit later in the first round where the quarterbacks are going to go. So we'll have to wait and see. But speaking of the draft, that goes to the Combine. And maybe the most infamous set of hands in the Combine this year belonged to Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from Pitt. Yeah, I, I read that. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I... Uh, why are we making a story about the size of somebody's hand? Unless your hand 
is bigger than the average person's hand, this should not be an art. This should not be a story. No, and I think they measured this, what, eight and a half inches or something? And yeah. Burroughs, they said Burroughs had small hands. And, I mean, to me, unless you're in cold weather all the time, right, hands don't really matter, right? The bigger the hands, when it's colder, the more you can grip on it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing on that. I mean, a quarterback's a quarterback. He's going to do what he needs to do. And now we're, I mean, we went from asking questions of, was your mother a you-know-what to – to now doing questions about how big a guy's hands are. I I'm like like I said, unless the hand is enormous, then yep. this should not be a topic to be discussed. Like, are you gonna like? Is this person going to go down? I I don't think he will, but. Is he going to go down the draft because he's got small hands? It, it, it just would be absolutely ridiculous if that is the case. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, look at size, right? For the longest time, smaller quarterback didn't get drafted in mm-hmm. the first two rounds. And then you had Breeze, and then you had Wilson, and now you have Murray, who... Murray just might as well go back to baseball. <laughs> I don't think he's making any fans for what he's doing. Right. Especially from... Uh, Probably the greatest wide receiver that ever came out of Arizona in Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Between that, he's pretty much a spoiled rat. And they just gave their coach an extension, I heard. Yep. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I think the size thing is a bit overrated, but, you know, that's just me. Yeah. it's They're just picking that stuff now. They are. Right. You know, all these then, guys who haven't drafted a quarterback in years are saying, well, we can't draft him because he's got small hands, right? And yet you guys are the ones drafting it. You're the scouts, you, the ownership, everybody, right, that's involved. So. And then yesterday it was um, somebody on the offensive line who weighed in at 384 pounds, but it was like a thin 384 pounds. Yeah, the heaviest guy since, I think, 1999 or something? Yeah, but... Like, it's not the, you know, it's like, I think 384 would show if someone is 384 pounds. This guy does not look like 384 pounds. Must mean he holds off the weight pretty good. That's a big offensive lineman. Well, I mean, if he can work on losing the weight, maybe, you know, maybe he'll end up on on a squad. Yeah, someone will take it. Someone will take a chance on a big guy like that. Yeah, someone will. Yeah, right. You're right. Yep. Okay, I wanted to talk about this next story because it's part head scratcher, part what are they doing, part I kind of understand where this guy's coming from. So we are entering the rare, rare, rare world on this podcast. Of discussing MMA, and in particular, former UFC heavyweight champion Kane Velasquez. Kane Velasquez was formally charged this past Wednesday with attempted premeditated murder and multiple gun assault charges 
in relation to a shooting Monday night in San Jose. That is according to a news release from the Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office. Velasquez is accused of targeting Harry Eugene Gallart, who is charged with or allegedly molesting one of Velasquez's young relatives. Velasquez faces 10 counts that could carry more than 20 years of jail time if he is convicted per a court document. According to the district attorney's office, Velasquez was following Gallard's truck in his own vehicle during an 11-mile high-speed chase, though San, Jose, or, yeah, though San Jose rammed the truck and then fired a 40 caliber handgun multiple times into the truck, which carried Gallard and two older relatives. Gallard's 63-year-old stepfather was struck once in his arm and torso, but is expected to survive. That is according to court documents. Okay, I want your opinion first, because even though your son is of adult age, you do have a child. Yes. And I would think, and maybe I'm wrong, any adult, any parent that knows of this kind of situation might actually support Kane on this one. Yeah, well, I'll put it this way, right? Nobody needs to lay a hand on any any minor no. ever. No. That's right. You deserve whatever's coming to you, whether you're in general public in jail, whether people come and lynch you. And I think more and more people are getting mad about it and are doing things about it. And honestly, this this guy went out about and did what he had to do. They call it a road rage at first. That's the first news was there's a road rage and a shooting and he was arrested. And everyone's like, oh, there's another guy who's mm-hmm. got concussion issues or CTE, right? Right. And then the story came out about what happened. And now you get a lot of people who are putting support behind them. Now, I was taught when, when I had my kid that, you know, you'd sit there with other parents. It's like, hey, there's two options. You can either go after the guy, hurt the guy, and you'll end up in jail. Or you just hope the justice system does it, right? Right. And like they said, how good are you if you're sitting in jail and the guy who did it's out and about in the world, real world, Right. So I kind of dawned on me, like, you know, you don't want to exact revenge that way, but there is ways to, to exact revenge, mm-hmm. you know. Now, obviously, the guy in the rage went and had the gun, chased him down, shot the, the stepfather, I guess it was, you know, so he hit the wrong person. Yeah, he hit the wrong person. Which, so he'll be accountable for that. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to go after someone who's done that, so you still have to, you know, it's like castle law, right? You go into my house. I have every means to protect myself. And I think everyone should have a means to protect their kids from from society that when that happens. Well, it I mean, it, it said a young relative, but a young relative could be anything. It could be a nephew, could be a niece, could be a cousin, you know. Yeah, I think it was a niece, it was a niece at 11 years old or something. Yeah. So you know, and you have to protect your family. And I think yeah. it's 
in society today, there's a lot of weird, I mean, you have people who wrote books on, on that stuff, right? Saying, just trying to justify it. And it's just like, you know what, you just, your mind doesn't work well. You just stay away from kids, move, you know, just because you think one way it's not, you know, you, you end up hurting, breaking a kid's spirit or their mind or whatever it takes. Right. Mm-hmm. Because of it. And then it, it hurts the children. And I mean, there should be maximum laws of this. Have, you know, you get charged with it. You're going to jail for a long time and you're going to jail in uh and you're going to jail in uh general public. So, Okay, I mean, all right. First off, I absolutely agree with you about he might have to do something, you know, like either some time or community service for hitting the stepfather with the gun or shooting, yeah. you know. I, I think that may be, I don't want to say it'll end up being the worst of it because we don't know what's going to happen. We really don't know. The gun part is what actually kind of scares me if this goes to trial. Because we live in a society, and, and this is the royal we, that, that, that's something I've learned from my dad many years ago, the royal we. That means everybody. Yep. That the fact that he had a gun and he was shooting the gun, that could cost him some time. And unfortunately, because we live in a society today where a lot of people, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people are like, okay, how am I going to get revenge on this person? I'm going to go get a gun and I'm going to shoot him up. You know, I'm going to bust a cap in their ass. You know, yeah. like they used to say in the, rap, in the rap songs back in the day. But in all seriousness, I... Praise Cain Velasquez for defending his family member. I, I absolutely praise him for doing that. Um, and I think he's going to get a lot of support for defending, you know, his family member. He really will. In, in, the, in the court of public opinion, he will get a lot of support from people because he defended a minor. And, you know, we're, we're now getting more and more in the society today where people are coming out and saying, hey, this person did this to me or that person did this to me. And there are some people that are afraid to do it. And, you know, it, it's all right to be scared. But. It's also all right to defend your family. I don't agree with the gun thing, but I agree with defending the family or the family member. Yeah. With the gun, I mean, you could have, you know, hit the bolt to flex somewhere and say it hits a kid somewhere standing in the yard, right? Exactly. You have to have control of the gun, and that's the thing. That's where I think he will probably see some time for, for reckless shooting. I think that's what they'll call it. Because you did hit you, the target you intended to hit you did not hit, right? Right. But overall, I mean, yeah, I totally agree that they need to. You know, you want to protect your protect the minors, do what you need to do, and I think society needs to realize it. The courts need to realize it. 
And I mean, and the courts also need to put a maximum punishment for anyone that's going to attack a child like that. I think if Cain Velasquez had shot up in the air and not at the car and at the individuals, maybe he doesn't get charged with attempted murder. Maybe he gets charged with something else. Yeah, probably a reckless use of a firearm. Um, I don't know what the California laws are. Yeah, for I don't. Firearm. Yeah, I don't. I don't study the California. I don't study any like state laws really. So, um, yeah. maybe maybe someone in our group might. I'm not really sure. So, um, but no. I mean, this is one of those rare times where it's like, you know what, I actually understand where this guy is coming from and I kind of support him on this. But, yep. you know, it, it's one of those weird, weird stories. But it's not weird because what the situation is, it's weird because there are people that are supporting the guy that was shooting the gun. Yep. That's where it, got, that's where it got weird, so... Yep. No, and it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a, a case that's going to be really followed. And I mean, I think uh, Renee Rousseau or whatever, she's already put her support behind be, behind him saying, you know, he should be freed. Ronda Rousey. Or Ronda Rousey, sorry. Although it would have been cool if Renee Russo had said anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> MMA fighter, Renee Russo. Um, I want to talk about real quick. Something that kind of irked me a couple weeks ago, or about a week ago, when um, this this story came out. And we do have some comments in our group about this story. And this kind of goes back to Russia. So, Dominic... Okay, so, so to set this up, Alex Ovechkin had a press conference. And... He said that I do not want to see war. I want to see peace. And then he made a comment of, I still support our president, meaning Vladimir Putin, but I am in no way supportive of the war. So, out of the blue comes one of the maybe five greatest goalies that have ever lived, Dominic Hasek who went on to Twitter and he wrote the following and I'm, I'm going to keep it clean for this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to use my curse, my curse card on this one. <laughs> he said in his tweet, what? Not only an alibist, a chicken poop, but also a liar. Every adult in Europe knows well that Putin is a mad killer and that Russia is waging an offensive war against the free country and its people. The NHL must immediately suspend contracts for all Russian players. Every athlete represents not only himself and his club, but also his country and its values and actions. This is a fact. If the NHL does not do so, it has indirect co-responsibility for the dead in Ukraine. I also want to write that I am very sorry for those Russian athletes who condemn Putin and his Russian aggression in Ukraine. However, at the moment, I also consider their exclusion a necessity. 
All right. Now, I do want to read some of our uh, Facebook members' comments on this story. Ben wrote, Hasek is not one to talk considering Czechoslovakia was a communist country when he started in the NHL. Fair point. That's a fair point. Mike wrote, I think that a step too far, but they should put out a statement or something similar or something smaller since O still wants to have his cake and eat it too with his support of Putin. And then Daniel wrote, that is going too far. These hockey players don't have anything to do with the war in Ukraine. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to take this one to start. Um, because one, this involves Alex Ovechkin and the Washington Capitals. I had posted this not only in our group, but uh, another sports group that you and I are in. And for the most part, it's all kind of like agreed upon. Hasek is stupid for what he said. Why in the world should the NHL suspend all these Russian players? They aren't the ones who are doing what is going on in Ukraine. It is Putin. He's the one that's doing this. Not any Russian player that is currently in the National Hockey League. Secondly, and this is something my dad talked to me about, and he had a very good point. We don't know what's going on with Ovechkin's family in Russia. There could be something, and and this is something that I want to say with all due respect to Mike, because I disagree with the last statement. There may be something happening in Russia where if Ovechkin doesn't support Putin, he could have some of his military people take his family out in a heartbeat. It is very possible. That is what it has come to in Russia. So... Yeah, Ovechkin was kind of forced to say, okay, I still support my president, because if he doesn't, his family's going to get lined up and probably shot dead. Let's think about that. That's the kind of country Russia has become again. They're going backwards when a lot of the countries in the world are going forward. And obviously, you know, there's been a lot of bans in sports. Um, FIFA has banned Russia from the World Cup. Russia has been banned from the figure skating championships, um, ice hockey tournaments, all that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not defending Ovechkin because he's a Washington Capitol. Although I think, to me, he's the greatest hockey player that's ever lived that I've seen. But he's trying to protect his family. And they're several thousand miles away from him. He's got his wife. He's got his kids here in America. But it's the rest of his family. It's his parents. It's his grandparents, if he has any still alive. Those are the ones that he has to protect with his words. Because if he says one wrong thing, one wrong thing, 
they're done. They're dead. And that's yeah. what we have to take into consideration with these Russian athletes. It doesn't matter what sport they play. If they say one wrong thing at this point in time, right now, I wouldn't be surprised to hear if Russian player so-and-so's family are dead. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, we both grew up, I, I grew up more in the Cold War than maybe you did. Yeah, you I, was still more, had the, I was more towards the end. Yeah. So, I mean, it was something that we, we've experienced. And, I mean, back then you didn't want to say much as Russians, right? Even the players coming over, you never heard them say anything bad about Russia. And things haven't changed to this day. Now, as far as I'm concerned with the comments that Hasek made, he's an idiot. He is. Because, you know, you can't, you can't be in someone else's shoes and say that the NHL needs to ban all the Russians, right? A, they're under contract. You can't do that. B, a lot of them aren't in the war. They may not support the war. They're not going to tell you that they don't support the war, right? And C, I mean... The Russian people themselves, of the whole situation that's going on, that's who I feel bad for. Whether yeah, you're the athletes. Because they, yep. they don't support this. They don't support this. No, and they don't. And now I've heard they've taken Facebook off. Yep. And they've done a lot of things to, and they're given their own version of the media. I mean, people here are saying the media lies on the left wing and the right wing side. Go to go to Moscow. Yeah. You'll only hear one thing. Go to Beijing. Yeah. Go to North Korea. Now, as we had some discussions, some of the other groups I'm in, like just with buddies and stuff about the the IIHF and the IOC and FIFA and F1 and all them terminating contracts, uh, telling them that we're not going to allow their countries to compete. You know, a lot of them saying, you know, it's not the player's fault. No, it's but not. the same thing is you're, as a Russian, right, you're guilty by association. Mm-hmm. And it's a bad look if the Russians were to play, say, in the World Juniors in Canada. I mean, they had an issue with them when it was canceled the first time, that they're on the plane and they're smoking on the plane and they were being ruly and not wearing their masks. Yeah. You know, so it makes them and I think Belarus, I mean, they're all they're close buddies anyways. Mm-hmm. And I do agree that you have to that you have to take a stand and you have to say, you know what? You guys went to war. You're not going to reap the privileges of playing sports. You're not going to reap the the privileges of making money off of soccer, off of F1, off of whatever. You know, yeah. You know, until it gets salt, right? And that's a step in the right direction. You make the people miserable, the people start to realize that, hey, maybe this is what's going on. We don't want it. And sometimes your collateral damages the athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, the Western Hockey League, the, the CHL this year, they're not drafting no Russian or Belarus players in the import draft this year. Right. Right. The Russia Canada series canceled. So I think, I think, yeah, like I said, soccer, right? Sweden, I think Poland, Poland or whoever, Czech, did yeah. not want to play them. And they forced the hands, right? The KHL, the Finland team, they said, we're not playing the playoffs. Canadian players, American players that are asking for their contracts to be terminated to leave the KHL. I mean, there's um, a story right now where uh, uh, Brittany Griner, who was one of the most decorated female college basketball players of all time, 
she's detained right now in Russia because of having a certain type of oil, hashish oil, in her luggage. And she could face 10 years of prison because of that. And this was done in February, right? She wasn't arrested. She was arrested before the Russians invaded the Ukraine, or pretty close to that time. Right. Before the sanctions, before everything came out. It just was released. This news story was released this morning. I think it was February 25th is when she got arrested. Yeah, so this is just recent. Yeah. Now, is it going to play a role in this, what's going on with the conflicts? I, I, I made a comment saying I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Right? And how they, how they treat this. And, I mean, right now, if I'm American, if I'm Canadian, if I'm, well, if I'm pretty much if I'm anywhere in the world, I ain't going to Russia. If you're a I'm Westerner, there. if you are a Westerner, I wouldn't yeah. go to Russia if you paid me a billion dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't go to Russia. I wouldn't fly over Russia. I wouldn't go nowhere near that place. And something else I want to say also, and this is to fans in general, shame on you fans for making derogatory, inappropriate comments and remarks to these Russian players who are here in the U.S. I've read about this a couple times this week where, you know, they're getting racist remarks, inappropriate remarks. How freaking dare you? You don't think that the crap that's going on in the Ukraine is affecting these guys? It's affecting them as much as it's affecting anybody else, with the exception of the Ukrainians, because it's affecting them the most. But still, you're, like you said, you're putting, you know, uh, you, the royal we here, you're associating these Russians with what's going on because they're Russian. And that's it. I'm sorry, but no, you can't do that. These guys and girls are as much against this war as the citizens are over in Russia and the citizens in Ukraine. And, you know, look, I just leave these people alone. Okay. That's all I'm going to ask. Leave, leave them alone. They have done nothing wrong. You're only making these remarks because they're Russians. If if this had been okay, and maybe I'm maybe I'm pushing the envelope a little bit, but I don't really care. If this was a Latino or an African American or an Italian or anyone else that is of a minority, this story would be even bigger. But because they are white and because this and they are Russian, it is not a big story. No, I haven't heard much about the comments. I, I know that, I mean, every team deals with those loudmouth idiot fans that they suppose are called. I mean, there's a bunch for a player for the Edmonton Oilers, Ethan Bear, and he faced a bunch of racist remarks when they lost the fourth game in overtime to Winnipeg when it was Connor McDavid that coughed up the puck. And the guy player, Ethan Bear, no longer plays for the Oilers. He wanted out of Edmonton, and he's playing for, for uh, Carolina. So there's a lot of these keyboard warriors. I think they're tough that aren't tough. I think they can hop on, type a few words. 
Come step out in the real world. words or less, and you know what? It's disgusting. Come step out in the real yeah. world. Say it. If you're not going to say it in the real world, don't say it on a keyboard. Exactly. Exactly. And 98% of people would not say that in the real world. Nope. So. We didn't have the guts. Yeah. So it's kind of going back to the old rule that we were taught as kids. If you've got nothing nice to say to that person, don't yeah. say it at all. And the new rules were taught as adults. Don't be a schmuck. Exactly. Rule number one in our group. Don't be a schmuck. Of course, I gotta the update greatest this. rule ever. I gotta set up. The, I gotta set up the other rules another time because we can't live on just that one rule. But oh, it seems like we're working pretty good now. Well, everyone, everyone's been great from the very beginning. You know, even yeah. even one of my coworkers who's Jewish and doesn't watch sports, she's like, "Bill, that's the greatest rule I've ever seen." <laughs> Who came up with that rule? Did I come up with the rule or did you? Or did I we did. kind of both come up perfect? So, all right. Um, now we got to discuss the elephant in the room. Major League Baseball. Uh, as of right now, the regular season is going to start late. However, there may be potential for a breakthrough as the Players Association are willing to discuss a 14-team playoff in exchange for the owners to raise the CBT from $220 million to $238 million. Um, they failed to agree uh, this past Tuesday. We have lost... The first two series, so it's the first week of the season. And we have no idea where it's going to go. Maybe this ends soon. Maybe we're holding our breath in the summer. But this is a thing. And right now, no one is happy. Absolutely no one. Especially our very own J.C., Yes, I am not happy, and I am. You got to think about this, right? I have to stare out my window, and I see tons of snow every year. It's cold. It's crap. You know, we got blizzards. You're driving in freezing rain. You're driving all over the place. It's windy. You can't see sometimes. The light at the end of the tunnel is baseball. Baseball starts. The weather starts to heat up. I'm outside. I'm having a few beers. Listen, listen to it on the radio. Listen to it on my phone. Watching it on the TV in the garage, enjoying it, and then. Man fraud comes in and is totally destroying baseball. Now, don't get me wrong. The players are also at fault. And if I hear another player tell me that it's it's between workers and the owners, I'll tell you right now, man, I will, I will not root for you for anything you ever do again in your life because this is not about workers versus owners. This is about millionaires versus billionaires. You guys are squabbling over money. And for years, you guys have signed these agreements to benefit the, the veterans – and now you're saying, oh, well, we need, to, we need to benefit the young guys. So now you're trying to get all this stuff that you've lost over the, four, the last three or four agreements into one contract, and it doesn't work that way. You have Max Scherzer showing up in, in one of his most expensive toys. I mean, that's not a good look for the players. As far as I'm concerned, the owners, you don't want a salary floor. You're telling me you don't want to throw a competitive team on there. I do not want to watch the Iowa Cubs play another game in the Major League Baseball for four or five years, it's a disgrace to baseball. The Astros did it. The Cubs did it. It's an absolute 
disgrace. When your owner is willing to tank for four or five years, this is a product that has meant so much to so many people over generations of people watching this game. You can take your kid to watch the game, right? It's cheap. They can play it. It's cheap. But no, now we're seeing her. They're arguing over, squabbling over this, squabbling over that. And the regular fan who's been through 94, who had to sit there and watch it right to August, and then they shut it down, they lost fans. And now you're going to lose a lot more fans if you don't get this going right away. You've canceled two series already, which now makes the schedule unbalanced, definitely a competitive unbalance. I'll put into perspective, the Blue Jays were supposed to play the Baltimore Orioles for three games. Now what happens? Every other team's going to beat up on the Orioles, and the Jays won't. That, too, needs to get fixed. You can't be canceling games. And if you are thinking about canceling games because you, because the owner's like, well, we can have, we can handle canceling games, then shorten the damn season. Shorten it. If you don't like that, shorten it by seven innings then to make it faster. you got to do something because you're going to lose a lot of fans, especially if you guys don't start on time, especially if you lose a month month this year. doesn't matter how many teams you put into the playoffs then. Oh, I get fired up over this. Man, I was I was waiting. I was waiting for him to swear. I really was. And I will say this. Kudos. Kudos to the Kalamazoo Growlers I've got for the... banning, <laughs> banning Manfred for life. I've got the press release right here. <laughs> that right there gets a JC and Bill standing ovation. So for those that don't know what JC is talking about, the Kalamazoo Growlers, who are a collegiate baseball team, they're not a they're not an NCAA school. This is this is a baseball team of college kids. Sent out a press release. When did they send it out? Oh, they sent it out yesterday. So I will read this press release. So this is the like when I saw this today, I had no idea. So let me read the press release. The Kalamazoo Growlers, a collegiate baseball team and member of the Northwoods League, have placed a lifetime ban on current MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred at Homer Striker Field effective immediately. The Growlers have been committed to using fun to make a difference, and Rob Manfred has shown his commitment to the opposite. Amid the MLB lockout, Manfred and the MLB owners have shown only an interest in money and not providing baseball for their players and fans. They are trying to ruin baseball simply for their financial gain. Recently, the Bismarck Larks... Wow, who came up with that name? The Bismarck Larks. What the hell's a lark? Somebody want to tell me what a lark is? I think it's a bird. I think it's a bird. Okay. Hey, it's still better than the Commanders. Stop it. Recently, <laughs> the Bismarck Larks, also of the Northwoods League, instituted a ban on Manfred until the lockout is resolved. The Growlers believe a ban of that magnitude is not enough for his crimes against baseball. The Growlers determined that a lifetime ban was the correct punishment for his transgressions. The Growlers stand strong in their belief that fun is the key to baseball. The Growlers have gone as far as to implement a fun policy for all their players, including visiting teams. Rob Manfred stands in direct opposition of, to these beliefs. The Growlers will host their first home game this season on June 1st. 
The Growlers look forward to continuing to grow the game of baseball through fun and putting fans first. The team looks forward to seeing you at the ballpark this summer, but not Rob Manfred. See, that is awesome. That is the epitome of awesome. I will say this. Now, thinking back on it, because I did see the press conference with Manfred. When he got up there to talk Tuesday, he looked like a giggling buffoon. He was not taking this seriously at all. You don't want your sport to go in the same direction that the NHL did almost 20 years ago, losing an entire season. Look how long it took the National Hockey League to get itself back together to where it was and is at the moment. You don't want that to happen. Because if you do, and I... I'm going to say this with kind of confidence. There are more people that watch baseball than hockey. If you lose the entire season, you're going to lose a lot of baseball fans. You're going to lose a lot of fans who spend their hard-earned money to go to a ball game, to get tickets, to get a dog, to get a drink, to get some merchandise you're going to lose a lot of fans and there are going to be some fans who will never come back no matter what. However, I do want to recommend something to our listeners. If you're feeling down about the major leagues, the minor leagues are not affected at all by this. The minor leagues are going to run as normal. They're starting on time. Go to a minor league game. It's a lot more affordable, and you get a great view of the ballpark no matter where you're sitting, and you have a good family time. Yeah. No, I totally agree. If I can get this, you know, and I'll say one thing. I mean, hockey will take over baseball if this does happen. You know it, I know it. Just give me a second. There we go. That's the horn going off for Kalamazoo. Oh, batteries are dying. Nah. So, but I'll say one thing. It's, you got to get this going in the state of the way the world's been going the last few years. You can't be squalling. This looks bad on both sides. It does. I did say, you know, the players are trying to get everything back. And the owners need to give something. And I, it's almost to the point where I think some owners don't care about their team. I think it's time for some of these owners need to start selling these teams to people who want to buy a baseball team, who want to put a winning product on the field. And I mean, I've been reading some of the, some of the stuff coming out there, you know, the, the service time, that's the big one, right? Mm-hmm. Service time. You're going to keep a player in the minors so you get an extra year, you know, unless you, I think there's often that, you know, if you're a rookie of the year, if you're voted here in your first or first couple of years, you get awards, you get an extra, you get that service year back. Now, the way I look at it is this. Baseball is the one sport that takes the longest to developing. Right? Yeah. You might see a player get drafted at 18, 19, 20, and not make it to the major league, so he's 24, 25. 
where maybe he has a breakout season. You've spent all that time and money and effort into this player who comes up. Now he's going to be an all-star to only have him for two or three years, maybe. Right. This is where teams need to protect their assets and say, no, we want four or five or six years out of this player. You know, where baseball saying, well, we have a short lifespan. Well, you know what? That short lifespan is because of the fact that it takes a long time to develop in baseball. It's a hard game to play. So, you know, I mean, maybe I'm off key on this one, but it's right. You can't, it's not like hockey where you draft the player and you play in that year. It's not like football where rookies are coming in all the time, taking over veteran spots. Baseball takes a long time for players to develop, to be an all-star. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are, you know, you, but minus the guys who get drafted me in the first, first three, four picks every year. Right. And then you get that odd guy who comes off out of nowhere who just caught on. Right. But it does. Now I do want to mention because this came out, uh, yesterday as well. Four owners voted against the last proposal, uh, that the players association submitted on Tuesday and they have been identified. They were Bob Castellini. Who's the owner of the reds. Chris Illich, the owner of the Tigers, Ken Kendrick, who's the owner of the Diamondbacks, and Artie Marino, who is the owner of the Angels. Now, I think they um, voted against the CBT, didn't they? Yeah, I think that's what it was. They don't want the CBT to be high? I mean, right now it's at $220 million. You could get an extra, you know, like $18 million. But let's okay. But let's think about this. The Diamondbacks—they're not much. The Reds—they were showing some, you know, they were showing some life last year. Yep. The Tigers—they have their up year and their down years. It's the Angels I'm surprised about because you have on your team, you have the face of baseball in in Mike Trout. He is the face of Major League Baseball, hands down. Yep. You have Shohei Otani, who's the current MVP of the American League. Why, of all people, why should a guy who's got two of the most popular players right now in the game vote against this or vote against that proposal? It makes no sense. This is why the Angels haven't been in the playoffs in so many years because of ownership like this. You're seeing it yep. right there. The Reds, they got a bright future. I do think the Reds are going to get in at some point. Diamondbacks? Eh, you know, it's the Diamondbacks. And then the Tigers, who've been around since the beginning, basically, they're at a crossroads right now. But yeah, it's kind of weird to hear the Tigers because they always spend money on veterans. But if I'm an Angels fan, I would be ticked off by my owner because you're basically saying to your fans, nah, I don't, I don't want to approve this. I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me. 
And this is why the Angels are not in the playoffs year in, year out, when they got the arguably the face of baseball in Mike Trout and arguably the best player in Shohei Otani right now in the major leagues. That's why the Angels are always in the middle of the division every year because they can't get their crap together. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, and uh, we'll put it this way. Obviously, there will be agreement. And I, I'm hoping out that I think there will be agreement within the next week. I think the backlash from fans is kind of maybe it's going to surprise them a bit. I mean, players are coming out now. And the one thing I guess that got me upset too is when Major League Baseball said, we, along with the fans, are disgusted. No, 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 no. You don't use, you have no right as a Major League Baseball Player Association at all to use you guys and the fans in the same sentence. Right now, you don't care about the fans either. You don't care at all. You guys should have been talking December 4th, but you waited. Then you waited. It's like a guy who has to write a paper and he waits to the very last day. And then ask for an extension, right? You can, you, until you guys get a deal, the fans are off limits between the owners and the players. And I read a comment that Boba Shett said, I mean, and I would say kudos to him as saying, you know what, we all as an as a industry have to apologize to the fans for what's going on. Here's a young guy who stepped up and said, we all, players, owners, the union has to say, you know, to the fans, we're sorry that we're putting you through this. And you know what? I don't trust Tony Clark either. If if you want me to be real, I don't trust him either. He yep, He's yep. the head of the players' union. I don't yep. trust him. There's just yeah. something about him that I just can't trust with him getting, you know, a deal or an agreement. I... I mean, I understand, hey, you want a player to be the head of their, you know, of the, of their union, but still, this is somebody... I no, you need someone them. who knows how to negotiate. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I mean, there's a lot of smart baseball players. You have agents for a reason. Right? You have agents mm-hmm. for a reason, because they negotiate for you. Mm-hmm. To get you things that you might not have thought about. And for years, Major League Baseball took, took advantage of stuff. Yeah. And like I said, the players now want everything back in one motion. That's not how organ, That's not how negotiating works. You take a little bit now. Okay? Yeah, you know what? This looks fair, right? We'll up the minor league, the minimum salary. Now, the minimum salary is less than what the NHL minimum salary is. Right. You know? But you're also filling a roster of guys that you're calling up all the time. So why would a player who's going to be pitching for 10 days because you want another because you use 3 million pitchers already right so I could see the point of it saying you know what we want our minimum salary to be a lot a little less which brings us to the point that maybe baseball if the owners are willing to forgo April then you need maybe they are willing to, sh- to shorten the season right yeah and I think maybe baseball does need to shorten the season. You know, even if you take 15 games away, that's you save three starts and you save 15 bullpen days for your pitchers. Yeah. 
right? And then you can have a 14 or a 16 team playoff, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where the games matter, where you're going to make a ton of money, where you're going to increase the revenues. I mean, everybody loves playoff baseball, except for the four and a half, five hours where it's two in the morning in Washington and poor Bill's right. got to get up the next day to go to work. Right. Those beloved nationals are on playing in Los you Angeles. Know. <laughs> now, okay. Right? Now I want to use the, I want to use last year's wild card standings as an example of what could happen if we had a 14 team playoff. So in the American league, If they had 14 teams, it would have been the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners would have been the four wildcard teams for the American League. For the National League, it would have been the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Reds, and the Phillies. So, right there, you know, it shows you what... Because basically what you're saying is if you do a 14-team playoff, you're giving the Reds a chance, you're giving the Mariners a chance, you're giving the Blue Jays a chance, you're giving teams that are not in the playoffs consistently every year or almost every year a shot. And that's what some of these teams need. Seattle, that would have been the first time we've made the playoffs, I think, and I think they got the longest... Longest drought, right? Yeah, twenty the Blue years. Jays, Blue Jays were rolling. I wouldn't want to play the Blue Jays in a in the wild card series, right? Mm-hmm. If the Blue Jays would have snuck in, I think it would have been the Blue Jays and the Braves playing for the for the World Series. They were just getting hot at the right time, right? So, so I and I do think I mean baseball does need. I mean, remember the days when you only had four teams in the playoffs? Yeah, one from the west, one from the east. Yeah. You know, and then they went to the divisions and with the wild card and they added the extra wild card. You know, I think baseball, your money is in postseason. Do something about it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you know, the regular season, if you don't want that many games and cut it, right? There's no harm in cutting games. So maybe a bigger playoff bracket, you're going to still make probably more money. I think what they should do is they should go back to 154 games. That's what it used to be before they made it 162. Do 154 games, start where you usually start right now, the end of March, beginning of April, season ends middle of September? Yeah, it would be middle of September. Yeah. Then you have extra time to do the playoffs. And then the World Series could be over by the end of October because I know there are some people, my dad is one of them, who's like, oh, this is too long. Why is it going into November now? Well, come on. Let's think about yeah. it. So. Yeah, I think, and you, and like I said, you, relu- you reduce the stress on the players, on the pitching arms, right? I mean, you, right now, 162 games. You have superstars sitting out with the universal DH. You're going to have that rest day, right? Where a player where you don't use the guys, you don't lose the guy's bat. Yep. But he can still, you know, be out there and help his team. I mean, as much as people like the pitchers and that, I think it's kind of, I mean, you have to make it 
fair on both leagues. You either have a DH for it all or you don't have a DH for it all. And do a lot of people like watching pitchers hit anymore? I guess when they hit a home run, when, when, uh, who's the, the big guy from the Mets or whatever, when he hit that one, Bartona Colon, when he hits mm-hmm. a home run, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or some other pitcher who can't even swing the bat and he gets a hold of one, puts it out. But it's far and few between, you know. I think we'll I mean, have to wait. Hopefully, we get something. We get some news today. Maybe when we go offline, off the air, there's something. Something good happens. Well, I mean, they've been negotiating, or they've been talking for the last two days, which is a good sign. They could have, you know, after Tuesday, one of them could have been like, you know what, we're not talking to you. We're not going to talk to you until we have a deal, or you have a good deal for us. The fact that they have continued to talk after Tuesday is a good sign. Yeah. yeah. So there is hope. There is hope. We're, we're not saying the season is done, but there is hope. So, but we'll just have to see what happens. They got, they got. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you'd have your four-week spring training, but, I mean, you can't be canceling games either. No. Right? Like I said, how fair is it now the Jays lose a series against the Orioles, right? And they lose a series against the Rays. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to, you're going to have to build that into the schedule. There's double headers. Right? Mm-hmm. There's that head of unbalance. And it could mean a team that gets in the playoffs and a team that doesn't. Yeah. You know, but to me, it seems like a lot of the owners don't care. They really don't. They really right? don't. You don't put nothing competitive on the field. You don't, you know, it just, it's, it's sad, you know. What baseball, what baseball needs is a commissioner who is for the owners and the players. Yeah. You can't have one commission. You can't have a commissioner that is going to be all for the owners or all for the players. You've got to have someone that is going to be right down the middle. Which yeah. is why I would like to start my campaign for being the next commissioner of Major League Baseball at this time. Commissioner Bill. Yes. Commissioner Bill versus Commissioner JC. We could be co-commissioners. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, why, why not? You, you represent the owners, I'll represent the players. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll, put our, we'll brainstorm when things aren't going right and we'll figure yeah. stuff out. Yeah, there you go. So, but I think Manfred's going to be on his way out. I mean, he's got a bunch of strikes against him. Oh, jeez. It's you know? ridiculous. And they said he was this progressive guy that was going to come in, help the game, and he's taking the game back. Like, he's taking it steps back. And a bunch of debacles between Oakland and New Stadium, Tampa Bay and their stadium, to this pitch clock and the Houston Astros. And, I mean, strike after strike after strike. I just thought up of a very fun poll that we that we're gonna do after we're done with this show. Okay. Of the four major sports, who is the who is the best commissioner? Oh man! Because <laughs> each one of them seemed to mess up in their own way. Yep. Oh my god. Oh, now, oh, oh, 
yeah, we're definitely doing that. Yeah. When this is done, uh, and, and when you guys are done listening to this, it will be up on our Facebook group. Who, which commissioner is doing the best job right now? Yeah. I cannot wait to read to see the results. <laughs> That'll be a good one. Well, oh, let's move. Let's move on to the greatest game on ice. Yes, because we and didn't not talk, talk about it. And I'm not talking about curling. Actually, not that bad. Which is the second greatest game on ice. But let's talk about hockey. Let's talk about the center of the universe in hockey, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ooh, that's and a good how game. they have absolutely, though, in the last bit, lost to the Montreal Canadiens, lost to the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, and not just losing, but getting blown out by the Sabres. Their goaltending stinks. Their defense is stinking up the joint. A few of their forwards are doing well. And Vancouver's going to roll in there tonight. And with Demko and Net, they, the Leafs might lose another one. Well, I mean, I saw them play the Capitals the other night. And when they won that game, didn't they, in overtime? They, they did win, but they let the Capitals right back into that game. They let them right back into that game. They should have beaten them. But they let them yeah. right back in. And right now, if the season were to end today, Toronto would be playing the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs. Because with Florida's second, who's in first in that division? Is it Tampa? Tampa. By a Tampa, then Florida, then Toronto. And Toronto won't get out of the first round. Again. I mean, you think about this. This is a franchise that that dates back to the day that they were pretty much using cow patties to play hockey. Mm-hmm. Where there was no forward pass, where you had to skate in it, where goalies weren't wearing masks. Yeah. This is an organization that hasn't won anything since 1967. Same organization that lost to a backup, an emergency, an e-bug, an emergency backup goaltender who drives a Zamboni for the Toronto Marlies. I mean... He beats the maple. Like, how does... <laughs> you want to talk about it? I mean, we've had the Buffalo Bills lose four straight Super Bowls. This is an organization that can't even get out of their own way. That I don't think has won around in years. I mean, I was going to say, at least the Bills put an effort into their games, but... Yeah. I'm. You know, it's... And I mean, I, I know a lot of Maple Leaf fans, and it's it's quite comical. And then every year, we get the annual, the Vancouver Canucks actually take time out of their day to appreciate all <laughs> the senior citizens Here in Toronto, and they start the game at 4 o'clock in Vancouver so the, the Toronto Maple Leaf fans can watch the Canucks kick the crap out of them. They haven't won since 2006. Yeah, they won in 2006. Well, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe you guys need to start dropping the puck at eight. But that's how nice the Canucks are. I think Toronto should re- re- do the favor for the Canuck fans and say, hey, we'll drop the puck 10 o'clock our time. or So that way you guys can watch it at seven o'clock. Right? But in all serious- seriousness, Toronto's a team I think is going to fall out. 
Washington, I think, and I mean the Eastern Conference, if you look at the standings, there's no real competition in the Eastern standings anymore. I think your eight teams are pretty much settled. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the only other team that could get in is Columbus. But and they've I lost some heartbreakers lately. I don't think they've got the I, I don't think they got the team to get in at this point. Because nope. Okay, you look at the East. You got Tampa. They've won the cup the last two years. Florida has gotten really good the last few years. We already talked about Toronto. Boston has had a rebound here this year. The closest team, or the next closest team, is 16 points behind Boston. And with about a month to go, I don't think they're going to catch them. Meanwhile, when you look at the Metropolitan, you have Carolina, who might be the best team in hockey right now. Might be. But... You know, you don't win the championship in the regular season. You're winning in the playoffs. Yes. You got Pittsburgh, who had a terrible start to the year, but I will give them credit. They got themselves back together, and they're pretty much primed for a run. The Rangers, who have had a wonderful run this year, they're always a threat. And the Capitals, even though they've been on a bit of a losing streak lately, Tom Green has probably been their best player this year. You have Ovechkin, who has been lighting it up multiple times this year. And, you know, if if they get a couple more players going, maybe the Capitals have a run. But I agree with you. Un- unless something happens with Columbus, I think the eight teams are set in the East. Yeah. Meanwhile, with the West, it's a bit more competitive because you got Colorado, who you can make the argument they're the best team in hockey. They're they're in. They're they're in. It's just a matter of time before it's official. You've got the Blues, who you still have players from their championship team a couple years ago. You've got Minnesota, who's had a real good year. And you got Dallas. But you also have Nashville. Don't count out Nashville. They could sneak in. They could get in. And then with the Pacific, the Flames. Oh, my God. Where in the world did the Flames come from this year? They all got COVID and they all got healthy and now they're back. They're rolling. They're dominating the Pacific. The Kings... Good to see the Kings back in it again. Vegas, who have been kind of the you know the standard the last few years, and then you got Edmonton with um, Connor McDavid. Another he he's kind of like the Mike Trout of hockey, where it's like you got a heck of a player, but he's not on a good team. But right now this team's a good team. Yes, and I even put that out as a question: Is Connor McDavid the Mike Trout of of hockey? He might be. Because right. the thing, because here's the thing, with Austin Matthews, at least his team gets in the playoffs. Yeah. At least his team gets in the playoffs. With yeah. Connor, they haven't. 
But you also have the Ducks, who are three points behind, and you have Vancouver, who are four points behind. So it's not over in the West. No, nope, we got we got ourselves in hockey in the West. And I mean, you could have a team because the Central I think is a little tougher. You might have three teams out of the Central. You might have a fifth team sneak in into the into the West side. Mm-hmm. From right? a, from either one, really. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the playoffs. We've got the trade deadline coming up here in the next few weeks. And then I think April 29th is the last of the games. And then playoffs start in May. So we will see hockey in July this year. And then you got a big game tonight with the Flames and the Avalanche. Yeah, it's a big clock. Yeah. Um, Predators and the Sharks. Canadians and Oilers. You you know, you're you're getting right into the meat of the regular yep. season. You know, this is this is where they earn their money. Yeah, no, for sure. Which brings us to a we have a fan question. Oh, we do. Okay. We have a fan question, and a a fan texted me, and he's like, "Can you ask your American buddy there this question? <laughs> this is a hockey-related question." He says, "In Canada, fans wait until there is a whistle to get to their seats." But in America, they don't care. I see fans walking to their seats in the middle of the play. What's up with that? Oh, you mean during play? Yes. Okay. That's a good question, actually. Um, <laughs> no, it, it really is. And this was um, brought to us by Derek Stanky. Yeah, thank you, Derek. He's a big Oilers fan. <laughs> um, okay. Now, I've, I've been, I, I have been to my fair share of hockey games in my life. I know for a fact, and, and this has been kind of going on the last couple years in D.C., what happens is we have, at least at our arena, I, I can't say for all arenas here in the United States, when the play is over, when the whistle is blown, the attendant that works the the aisle for your section they have a they basically have a stop sign as soon as the whistle blows he or she will put the stop sign down and will let the people that have been waiting to go to their seats and sometimes you know it may take them a little while to get to where they are but as soon as the play begins they put the stop sign back up because they don't want the risk of people getting hurt if the puck flies out. Yeah. But I actually understand where your friend is coming from, and it can be annoying at times. But my answer is some places, like, again, I, I can't confirm it's all arenas in the United States. We have at least here for the Capitals, we have a system where if you are going back to your seat, you have to wait until the whistle is blown, then you can go back. Yep, and that's the way it is in Canada. I think this was a game involving the Florida Panthers. 
and actually, I kind of like that idea, to be honest. I kind of would like to see that used in other sports. Yeah. Because there are sometimes, like, oh, it, it would be great for baseball, I think. Go, going back to baseball, that would be a good system to use. Like, wait until the at-bat is done and then let the people back, you know, that want to go back. Yeah. For like the first few innings. And then after a while, just stop and then go, you know, go on your way, do whatever you're going to do the rest of the day. So. Yeah, no, that's a, like you said, a fan question. So keep them coming. Yeah, absolutely. So. Hope that answers the question, Derek, that. Bill and the Capitals have respect for the fans. I I, I hope I answered that to the best and of my Florida abilities. Panthers don't. <laughs> but I mean, Florida only gets seven thousand fans a game. Plus, they're not used. Fir- plus, we have a first class owner. Yes, and Florida fans aren't used to winning and packing that arena. They're really not. They're really so you know they're, they're they're confused. They don't know what to do. Yeah, they don't know whether to go up or down or what's going on. It's true. So. <laughs> Buckle up, hockey fans. We got ourselves, especially in the West, we got ourselves a race. You know, I think she's going to be exciting here. All right. Well, um, on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up here for this episode. You guys can follow us on Twitter. It is JC Bill Sportcast. And you can join our Facebook group, the JC and Bill Sportscast, where we have over 300 members of our Facebook group, and we are growing. We, we've added uh, four people in the last week, so we definitely are growing. And the good thing is we're having some females join our group. So, yes, it is not an all-boys group. It's, all, it's men and women, so come yeah. join us. Who like sports, who respect sports, who want to discuss sports. That's what we're here for. Oh, um, okay. Actually, I, I, I have kind of a developing story here before we wrap up. Kind of developing. Uh, this is back to baseball. Just came across about a half hour ago. Uh, the players and the owners are apparently going to resume talks Sunday. This is coming Sunday tomorrow. And one of the topics they are going to discuss is the playoffs. So, hmm, Perfect. Because that, that is in the player's back pocket, right? Mm-hmm. To save 14. Now, I think it was Jock Peterson. I don't know. He tweeted, well, why don't we just have everybody make the playoffs? Shut up, Jock. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, a, you're a fringe mediocre player anyways that was... You struck out a lot, right? You want to want a championship. Math? What's that? Does he know how to do math? Yeah, I don't Because if, so. if you're going to... Okay, real quick. Because if you're going to let everybody in, it's uneven. You have 15 in the American League, 15 in the National League. One yeah. team's got to get a first-round bye, and that's got to be the best team. Yeah. yeah. And he's saying everybody should get a participation trophy and blah, 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 right? So it's like, you yeah. know what? You want to grow the sport, you got to do something. Yeah, yeah. Every other sport has done something to grow their sports, whether it's the NFL getting an extra game and expanding the playoffs and, you know, 
basketball, I don't know what really they've done. Hockey's done a lot of, you know, they got rid of the red line, right? So you can have the two-line pass. They've opened it up. Yeah. So. In baseball, this would be a big thing. I think this would be a step in the right direction. People, and you'd have teams like Seattle who would be in it. The fans would be in it. Who would have been in it. Who would have been in it. Yep. So we shall see. All right. Um, next time around, we may be discussing that, among other topics. Yes, I will be back from Vegas then. All right. Two and, weeks. And we should mention that next weekend, uh, we're gonna we're gonna put up the big bracket for the tournament. We're gonna do the pool. Um, I think we're going to let everyone be in it. It's not going to be America and Canada. No, this, this will be, be a... Everybody. Yeah, 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 everybody. Yeah. And, I, and I want as many people as possible to participate. We're, yeah, we're going to promote this. We're going to start bringing up articles every day for it. And if I have to, so help me God, I will go to YouTube and I will find that video clip of the animated Dick Vitale video that I used for years. And Ted, you know what I'm talking about. You know the video I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I, Ooh, I can't wait. Hey, All right, baby. we got a few, you know. We got, uh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> you know, this is our next big challenge coming up is the Mar- March Madness. Followed by the hockey playoffs. Yep. Now that no. one's going to be fun because I've never done uh, a hockey playoff bracket before, so that'll be fun to do. Oh, it, it is fun, you know. That thing is a bracket buster in no time. So we've even seen it when the Columbus Blue Jackets beat the Tampa Bay Lightning three years ago when they swept them. The first seed. So yeah. hey, you know what? That's the one thing about hockey, man. All right. Well, everyone, have a good rest of the weekend. Have a good week. And when we return, we're going to be in the middle of March Madness. Woo! Can't wait. wait.